As suggested by verses 9 and 18, Psalm 71 is evidently a psalm of old age. As such, it is a psalm that is very much relevant, a psalm that is very much applicable to those who are in their senior season of life. And whereas the author of this psalm is unnamed in our English Bibles, in the Septuagint, that is the Greek version of the Old Testament, David is cited as having written this psalm. And as a song of old age, Psalm 71 was written from the perspective of a believer who, having walked with God and overcoming life's difficulties throughout the years, is faced with challenges and difficulties that typically affect the aged. The great value of this psalm is that it sets forth for us the kinds of attitudes that one should have toward the Lord and toward life's trials as one advances in the twilight years. What are some of the lessons we derive from this psalm? And the first truth we learn, and the main point, in fact one point we'll consider this afternoon, is this, that old age is a time to repose confidence in the Lord. Old age is a time to repose confidence in the Lord. We see this in verses 1 through 4. The senior years is that season of life when one should particularly put one's faith and trust in God. In a sermon entitled Duties of the Age of the 17th Century Puritan preacher Philip Henry, who was the father of the famed preacher Matthew Henry, said this, quote, the aged should be strong in faith, giving glory to God. Abraham was so when he was 100 years old. Zechariah believed not the angel's message, and he was struck dumb. The whole word of God, particularly concerning Christ the Savior, is to be believed, and by old people especially. Though others have as many promises, yet they have had more experiences it aggravated Zechariah's unbelief to have had before him the instances of Abram who had a son in old age. Be exhorted then by faith to close with the Lord Jesus as yours, though with a trembling hand, close with him for pardon, peace, acceptance, live by faith in all things, setting the word before you, eyeing unseen things, be filled with joy in believing, and be not doubting and disquieted, end quote. And the truth is, aging brings with it a set of challenges, trials, and temptations. For example, the temptation to anxiety and worry, the temptation to be immersed in self-pity about one's chronic ailments and declining physical condition, the tendency to be ever-complaining, especially about the good old days. And so for many, the senior years can be at the times when Faith and confidence in God is severely challenged. Anxieties and fears become quite a concern. And suggested by this comforting, assuring psalm is that in the first place, the aged should put their trust in the Lord as regards their security. They should put their trust in the Lord as regards their security. Look at the A part of verse 1. The psalmist says there, In you, O Lord, do I take refuge? Implicit in a refuge is the idea of what? Trust. A refuge is a place in which we would trust for what? Security. 
As in Psalm 52, verse 7, the psalmist says there, See the man who would not make God his refuge, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and sought refuge in his own destruction. Psalm 91, verse 2 says this, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in him I trust. Psalm 118, 8 and, 8 and 9, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Suggested by a refuge also, secondly, is that a refuge is a place that can be trusted for safety. As in 2 Samuel 22 verse 3, where David, remember, speaks of taking refuge in God, his rock, his stronghold, who saves him from violence. And you'll notice in verse 4 of this psalm, Psalm 71, that the writer was facing real threat, real threat from evil men, on account of which he prayed, Rescue me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and cruel man. And that word cruel in the Hebrew literally means leavened. It literally means leaven. And in Scripture, leaven, as we know, is symbolic of evil. And it's spreading in Scripture. Leaven is symbolic of evil. It's permeating influence. And here the psalmist paints a picture of evil men whose hearts are permeated with a hate for the truth of God's word. And at the same time, were inflicting others with their evil. As Paul warned the Galatian Christians regarding the nature of false teachers, he told them in Galatians chapter 5, verse 9, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And so the psalmist is praying here. He asks God to rescue him from the hand of the wicked, those who are leavened in their character with their corrupting influence from the grasp of the unjust and cruel man. And the question we want to consider then is this, what makes the Lord, what is it that makes the Lord a refuge that is worthy of our trust? That's a very good question to ask. We are to put our confidence in the Lord. We are to regard the Lord as our refuge. And the question becomes, what is it about the Lord that makes him worthy of our trust? And the first thing that is suggested in verse 2, if you look at verse 2, the first thing that makes the Lord worthy of our trust is his character as the righteous God, his character as a righteous God. Here's what the psalmist says, In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me, incline your ear to me and save me. What does that mean? That God is a God of righteousness means this, that he's committed to doing what is right, what is true, what is just, not sometimes, but all the time. Why? Because righteousness is his very nature. Righteousness is at the very core of his being. He is the holy God and he is distinctively known as the righteous God. So that his being righteous means, among other things, that he is trustworthy. He will never disappoint. He will never fail. We can bank and repose our confidence in him. Why? Because he does right all the time. He always does what is right and true, what is good, and hence it is safe to trust him. And so with reference to the righteous character of God, James will say in James chapter 1 and verse 17, 
every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of light, with whom there's no variation or shadow due to change. He's a constant God in terms of his integrity, in terms of his righteousness, and hence he's worthy of our trust. And it was precisely such a God the psalmist was petitioning when he prayed. If you look at verse 3, the A part of verse 3 says, Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually resort. In other words, God, because you're righteous, because you do good all the time, I can come with utter confidence knowing I can come all the time and you will never fail me. Second, that which makes the Lord a refuge that is worthy of our trust. Notice the B part of verse 3. It is this, his commitment as regards our safekeeping. His commitment as regards our safekeeping. Look at what he says, verse 3b. He says, you have given the command to save me. You have given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. That God gave the command to save the psalmist speaks of God's commitment to save and to preserve his people. It was not just for the sake of the psalmist, but for us. This is recorded for our instruction. God sent command, a command to save the psalmist, and that is intended to teach us that God has loving purposes for us as far as our safety, as far as our security in him is concerned. God, beloved, is committed to preserving those whom he has redeemed. And that's a truth which you and I need to latch on to for those who are going through what we might call the senior years, God is committed, the truth of Scripture, God is committed to preserving us. He's committed to preserving us from falling away, Jude verse 25, now to him that is able to keep you from falling. He's committed to preserving us until the day of final judgment, final salvation rather. First Peter chapter 1 verse 5, we are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. He's committed to preserving them from the evil one, as we recall from Jesus' words to Simon Peter, Simon Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith does not fail. And what an effectual prayer that was. Yes, Peter stumbled, but he did not stumble utterly. Why? Because the Lord preserved him. God is committed to preserving, the word of God tells us, he's committed to preserving our hearts and minds, the peace of our hearts and our minds. As such, here's the psalmist in Psalm 4, 7 and 8, you have put more joy in my heart than they have when they are grain and wine abound in peace. Here's what the psalmist says, in peace. I will both lie down and sleep for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Can I say this? What the psalmist is saying in effect is what? I don't need sleeping pills. Now, with all respect, um, if you take sleeping pills, I don't mean to be offensive. Um, maybe you need it. You, you should take it if it's prescribed. But I'm just making the point. The psalmist is saying, yeah, I'm so confident in the Lord that you know, the Lord puts me to sleep. The apostle Peter assures us with regard to Jesus, our precious Savior, that he will never put us to shame. 1 Peter 2 verse 6. Old age is a time to repose confidence in the Lord, such is a season to trust him for stability, such is a season to trust him for security. And who needs more sense of security, especially the elderly? 
Because as we said earlier, with the senior years comes a host of different challenges and difficulties. In the golden years, health and strength as a way of declining, and these things, when they begin to set on, can lead one into discouragement. Oftentimes there come financial challenges, rising health costs. There's the emotional toll of seeing a dwindling of friends and long-time acquaintances due to death. Let me just say here, as I, you know, those who are young must consider, you're not going to be young all the days of your life. There's going to come a time when, you know, you're going to enter, maybe 50 years from now. There's coming a time when all of us, if the Lord tarries, we're going to enter those years. And those years for many can be lonely, discouraging. But the psalmist gives us the remedy, talks about putting his trust and confidence in the Lord. So, confiding in the Lord in old age, the aged then should put their trust in Him, trusting Him as regards their security, trusting Him as regards their stability. Secondly, confiding in the Lord, the aged should place their hope in Him, verses 5 through 11. And why should they place their hope in Him, particularly in the senior years? And we could have personalized that. Why should we do that, particularly in the senior years? We should place our hope in him because he's a proven sustainer. You see, as an aged man, the psalmist knew from experience the value, the great value of placing his hope in the Lord. He knew God as the one who sustained him from his youth. Look at verse 5. He says, here's what he says. For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. What is he saying? God, the God I trust, is a God who is a proven sustainer. He has been keeping me from my youth. That is why, you see, here's what the Bible says. Again, applying to young people. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1. Remember now your creator, the word of God says, in the days of your youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when you will say, I have no pleasure in them. In other words, the zip of life is removed from you, there's no longer the taste of joy in life. And one of the most dreaded things is to grow older. May I put it like this? Miserable. Many people fall into that trap of being miserable and of being unneighborly, unloving. It's a temptation to which any can succumb. He, the psalmist says here, For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust. Oh Lord, for my youth. What that suggests to us, we should be building up a bank, a rich reserve of experience with God, of serving God, living for God, so that as we advance in years, we can look back and even up to the present time say, listen, hitherto, to this point, God has led me. God has been faithful. This is to the psalmist's testimony. An aged man, Psalm 37, he says, I've been old, I've been young, and now I'm old. Yet have I never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. It's good to build up a reserve, a, a bank, a treasure trove of proven experience of God's faithfulness. The Sabbath places hope in the Lord because he knew him as the one who sustained him from his youth. Second, the psalmist placed his hope in the Lord because he knew him as the one who supported him ever before 
he was born. Look at verse 6. He says there, Upon you I have leaned from before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. One of the things that will bolster our faith, that will give us pep in our steps, that will enable us to live vibrantly despite the onset, the ravages of time, is to recognize God's faithfulness from our youth. That is why, once again, it is good to get to know the Lord from one's earliest days. The psalmist says, Upon you have leaned from before my birth. And the Hebrew word that's rendered here, leaned, is passive in form, connoting the idea of being propped up or supported. The psalmist is saying here, Look, I have been propped up from the Lord even before I was conceived. And the Lord has been doing that throughout the years. Now I'm old. I'm looking and I'm seeing that the Lord is still propping me up. Again, this is one of those passages in the Word of God which teaches that the unborn is very much a real living person. The psalmist is saying here from before he was born. He was supported in his mother's womb by God. And that tells us that this idea that is being propounded today, that they call it a fetus, but here's the point. It's a person. It's a real, bona fide person. That, and that means abortion is always wrong. Now, of course, making modification, give, give and take, mother's health and other factors. But this idea of free abortion is evil. And so in the advanced years of his life, David, the writer of the psalm, presumably the writer of the psalm, looked to the Lord as his hope, as his sustainer, acknowledging him as the support of his life from his youth, from before he was born. And notice he did so right through old age. Look at verses 9, 14, and 18. Verses 9, 14, and 18 show us that he did this consistently. He trusted in the Lord throughout his years. Indeed, how true to the Lord's declaration promised in Isaiah 46, 3 and 4. Here's what the Lord promised. He says, listen to me, O house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel who have been born by me from before your youth, carried from the womb, even to your old age, I am he, and to gray hairs I will carry you. I have made, and I will bear, I will carry you, and will save. You see, that's what God says. God is saying he has us covered. Even before we were born, he has been supporting us, and he says, this very God who I am, who have who has created you, will sustain you throughout your years, even to gray hairs. Why should we place our hope in him, particularly the senior years? We gather from this psalm that God, we should place our hope in him because he's a proven sustainer. And what are times in our senior years with this point will close for the afternoon? The question is, what are those times during which we should particularly place our hope in the Lord. And we're talking about, about senior citizens as this psalm is applying to senior citizens. The question is, what are those times in one's senior years, those particular times in one's senior years, when one should particularly place hope in the Lord? And I'm just going to give the one point, not spend much time on it. In times, we should particularly hope in the Lord in times of felt vulnerability. In times of felt vulnerability, listen, old age can be a time when seniors are belittled, ridiculed, taken advantage of, and even physically harmed. 
In fact, in the last few years, we have heard of incidents on the streets of New York, maybe other parts of this country, where the elderly would be punched, knocked over by some young man, unprovoked for no reason, would be just knocked over. And then who can tell all the indignities to many an aged person in nursing homes? We have today, in fact, the term is popular in, in our time, we talk about elder abuse. Have you heard that? Elder abuse. Old age is a time when seniors are often vulnerable to physical, verbal, and emotional abuse from those who are simply cruel. And this psalm, in this psalm, we see the psalm is speaking of moments of felt vulnerability. What did he do in those scenarios? He affirmed his hope in the Lord. When he was falsely characterized, here's a point of felt vulnerability. He felt, in fact, he was falsely characterized as facing divine judgment. They say, look at him. You see? You see him going there? He's wobbling. Judgment. That's what they were saying. Look at what he says in verse 7. I've been as a portent to many. In other words, I've been a sign to many. But you are my strong hope. He relates how that he had been a wonder to many on account of the magnitude of the rejections he suffered. God is judging him. His sin is catching up with him. They were suggesting, look at verse 11. They said of him, God has forgotten him. God has forsaken him. Pursue and seize him for there is none to deliver him. Imagine how the psalmist must have felt when he should have been receiving comfort support, compassion. Here were people looking at him, casting up aspersions, suggesting that he was under divine judgment. So he lived, so God judged him, is what they were suggesting. The psalmist was vulnerable to feelings of uselessness, of being disposable. In those times, he nevertheless affirmed his trust in the Lord. Look at what he says in verse 9. Do not cast me off. Why would he pray like that? Because of what others did to him. They rejected him. They, they sidelined him. They marginalized him. And he turns to God and he says this, Do not cast me off in time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. When he faced verbal attacks and physical threats, he trusted the Lord. Verse 10, for my enemies speak concerning me. Those who watch for my life consult together. When he feared that God had forsaken him, he prayerfully turned to God in trust. Verse 12, O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste to help me. The sense of isolation, of loneliness in one's senior years is most applicable. This psalm is most applicable to those who have those kinds of dark experiences. Here's a psalm in closing we can use to comfort and cheer any who might be undergoing the stress and strain of such a period of life. And it's going to come if the Lord tarries, if we live long enough. And what we can do is, at this stage, those of us who are healthy, strong, in our youth, or middle-aged, heading there, is to be mindful and let that guide us into being sympathetic to the plight of those who are declining physically, who are in need of encouragement. This is a psalm to share with such. And we serve a God who is faithful, a God who will never leave us nor forsake us. That's a wonderful truth about the God we serve. May he bless these words to our hearts and to our ministry to the aged. For his name's sake, amen.